You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back for another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, December 9th, 2021. Uh, Yeah, Thursday, December 9th. I nailed that, right? I think I said that, right? If I didn't, I said it right that time. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions you don't want or need. can even negotiate better deals on those you want to keep. Today's show, welcome back everybody. So happy to be back in your in your eardrums, in your ears. Uh, we are going to be doing a current state of the team as of December 9th, 2021. The, I, I just feel like we, we haven't done like a where the roster stands kind of a thing. And we're going to do the whole 40-man um, and and like the current state of the roster since we've had these signings and these trade acquisitions, right? We've added added three people. We've uh, we've cut loose a few people. I, I, I just feel like we haven't done quite a, a whole kind of breakdown of where the roster currently stands. And I don't think... That the Tigers are done yet. I don't. But we've made some really solid acquisitions. And I just want to do a current state of the team. As of where we are on December 9th, 2021. Amidst a lockout. Okay, so we're going to start with the pitching. The rotation as it stands right now is is fairly straightforward. It's fairly obvious. Uh, you have Erod, Mize, Manning, Scooble. Those are the locks. We still need a fifth pitcher. The season started today. Uh, I can say with almost certainty Ty- Tyler Alexander would be the fifth starter. And I know that people gave me a hard time for giving Tyler Alexander a hard time. Tyler Alexander flourished and was exceptional in the role he was given. I want him to have the exact same role next year because he was so good in that role. Being the fifth starter for this team is not the same role that he had last year. I I love Tyler Alexander as like a sixth spot starter or as a slash long reliever. I love him in that role. I think he killed it last year. He really did. He did an exceptional job. I I that doesn't mean just because he he, he did a good enough job in that role that I think getting the ball Every single fifth day, I, I, that is, I, he did great in the role he had last year. I would love him to have that role again this upcoming season. That's really all there is to it. No slander at all. Just want him to do what he did because he did so well at it. Okay, so we still need a fifth starter, but again, we're we're doing this as of December 9th. So as of today, Tyler Alexander would be the fifth starter. The bullpen would be, I, I do still think we're kind of in the running to get a bullpen piece or maybe even two. It would not surprise me at all if we brought in some more bullpen help. But we still have a, a surprisingly and like underrated around the league, very solid back four in the, in this bullpen between Fulmer, Funkhauser, Cisnero, and Soto. 
that's that's a really good foundation. That that's about half a bullpen, just under half a bullpen, uh, of of pretty based on last season, some pretty trustworthy and reliable dudes. So uh, very, very solid foundation, very, very good place to start. Now the rest of it is where it gets a little tricky, right? We have Angel DeJesus. I, I don't think that he is going to be a uh, – he was added to the 40-man. I don't think he's going to be, like, making the team on opening day or anything. If there's some injuries, which there will be because there always is for every team in the history of baseball – uh, he will be, I, I think he will pitch for the Detroit Tigers this year. I don't think he's in like the, this is the opening day plan, right? Uh, Miguel DePozo is still here, technically, still on the 40 man. Uh, he will be, uh, he'll probably have about the same role he did last year, kind of up and down. Alex Fiedo will definitely not be on this team on opening day. However, being that he's coming off Tommy John, uh, if he... I, it'll be interesting. I'm pre- he'll probably start in AAA. I, I would be kind of surprised if he if he didn't start off in Toledo. But well, I guess maybe when he first comes back, he starts off at the lower levels. It's kind of like a makeshift rehab assignment thing, and then once he's back to pitching full. But I, I'm really interested to see what they do with Alex Fiedo because obviously he was drafted as a starter, very very good, co- very very good college pitcher. Uh, at the University of Florida, first-round pick. Um, so he and and has been starting through his entire professional career so far. But his pitch mix, along with the fact that he just had Tommy John, kind of I think indicates that we're going to be seeing him maybe go into a reliever role, right? Like he has the he he's always had a, a slider has been one of his favorite pitches for a while. And then on top of that, you have, uh, uh, at least pre-Tommy Johnny, had a pretty lively fastball, right? Like, got up to, to mid-90s uh, at in a starter role. So you'd imagine if he if he recovers nicely and, and gets to full health, you would imagine that a, a reliever role might be better suited for him. And he wasn't, while well, he, he wasn't a, a train wreck in, in, as a starting pitcher at the professional level, right, down in the minors, um, but but he wasn't really like first round pick, you know. Like w- when we first drafted him, the thought was that uh, when when we were entering this rebuild, we drafted him in seventeen, right? Like that's that's right. That was the summer that we traded everyone away. So we we trade everybody away. We enter this rebuild. We get a power pitcher at the from the University of Florida. One of their one of their best pitchers on a very very good Florida team for those who follow college baseball that 2017 really that entire like 2015 to 2017 Florida team just was a pitching factory um, and with like now a lot of major league pitchers from it so the thought was that he would be one of the like forefronts and one of the, like the guys to be part of the future rotation when this team was good again. And, and even when we drafted Mize, right, the next year, it was like, okay, uh, like Casey Mize and Alex Fiedo. You know what I mean? Like he, it was, it was always believed. And, and again, he hasn't been, he hasn't been horrible. He has a sub four ERA is a three, nine, six ERA in his minor league career. Right. So it's, it, this is far from like a, oh, he's been so bad here. We got to see if he's good in another role. He's he's been he's been solid, 
Um, 9.3 K per nine. Ideally, you'd like to see that, I guess, a little bit higher. 2.3 walk per nine, 1.3 home run per nine, and about an eight hit per nine. That's a 113 whip. Like, it, it, it's not... It's not horrible. It's not. It's not bad, even right. But it's. It's certainly not. Oh my goodness, we need to call this dude up right away, either. He just comes. Kind of seems to be in that. That like. I don't even know. It's also weird because if you watch his starts, he'll have a start where he'll go six innings of, of like one hit ball and pitch a shutout, and then the next day, he'll go two and two thirds and give up six and and it, that kind of averages out to being what his numbers are so he's he's had an interesting career and just I I think he's now what 25 26 he just turned 26 years old in November like for a guy who was drafted in the first round five years ago now by by opening day of uh of of next season it just seems to me like if if they want to find a path for him to get to the majors quicker a reliever role might be one of the things that they consider and I'm not saying that it's a it's a guarantee and I'm not saying that like oh they he will only succeed as a reliever you know like I said not that bad as a starter but just something to consider for sure Uh, especially the biggest factor of all this being that he's coming off Tommy John and and mostly excels with his slider and fastball combination that that has a very reliever like profile so we'll see what happens hopefully he recovers nicely and he can be a part of this team and a a big piece on this team going forward uh jason foley good stuff not very good command fits in the same bill as as a lot of other people in this bullpen uh brian garcia no joe jimenez will be interesting right every year we we wait to see on on the the Joe Jimenez situation. Alex Lang is another one that will be interesting. Again, very good stuff. Not very good command. Uh, Elvin Rodriguez pr- won't be up very much. Uh, Spencer Turnbull was going to spend all year on the IL, and then Joey Wentz is the last pitcher that's on the current forty man that I want to talk about because Joey Wentz is someone that I was a big believer in when we acquired him. Right, that was what three years ago now, or in in twenty twenty two will be three years ago now. Uh, so he he's he's somebody that I've liked, you know, lefty with with a decent pitch mix. But then he also got Tommy John. So now again, you're you're looking at a at a situation where where he he started coming back this past season, uh, but all of his starts were pretty short. As far as innings pitched, wasn't going too deep into games. Just a lot of like once through the lineup kind of stuff uh, to to kind of just get him back on the horse. So next season, I think will be the first like really big test for Joey Wentz in the minors to see like okay, what like what you got? What do you got, baby? What what kind of a what kind of piece are you going to be going forward and? And are like I, if he doesn't have a good 2022 in the minors, I, I don't expect him to be on the 40 man after the season. Like I, I really do think that this is kind of like all right, it's 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 this season or or bust for you, Joey Wentz. So, and and he's he's a couple years younger than uh, than Fiedo and like has a little bit more wiggle room there, but still just for. The situation at hand and for a team trying to build up and, and finally coming out of this rebuild and building, uh, I, I think he if he doesn't have a good year, he might be expendable. That's all. 
All right, we will get into the offense after I tell you all about betonline.ag. BetOnline has you covered all season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just using promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. I also got to talk to you guys about Stance Apparel. Now, this is kind of a, a an, this is me admitting something to you. I heard about Stance and I thought that it was just kind of a another fad, right? Everybody's always coming up with. This apparel is is the new best, and this clothing company is the best, and this is the softest, and this is made the best, and this is everything. And then I was given some stance apparel, and all of my viewpoints on that kind of stereotype changed. They have truly made me a believer. It's awesome. They have a lot of different collaboration designs too. Wu-Tang Clan. I love me some rap, baby. The Wu-Tang Clan one goes hard. Star Wars, The Office, Bob Marley, Major League Baseball, Pixar. They have a lot of cool collabs. It's so soft. It's mind-boggling how soft it is. It is The quality is unmatched to any other kind of apparel out there right now. Other people's reactions are, are unreal. Other hosts, other people that, that have listened to these and, and are on the wave too. It is the next big thing, I promise you. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off on your purchase when you use promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right, guys, we are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. Going over the current 40-man roster, just talking about the current state of the team. Because we haven't done that since we've gotten these these signings and acquisitions and who's going to start where and all that jazz. So the catcher situation is up next. Jake Rogers will probably miss a majority of the season, if not all the season. I would honestly be shocked if he didn't miss the entire season. He got the the surgery really late last season. If he did come back, uh, like they're going to want to start him off in rehab and kind of slowly work his way back. I I and and like if if we're decent, right? Like are you really going to want to put a a dude who hasn't faced major league pitching in in what 10 months even if he doesn't take a full year uh, right in there in the thick of like us trying to be competitive? I don't know. I, I, I would be very surprised if Jake Rogers played this season, but I, I would I would gladly take the pleasant surprise of him coming back early and being productive, but I just don't see it at the current moment. So the catching situation as it stands right now in my eyes is Barnhart and Haas. Uh, I think Barnhart is going to be a majority catcher, and we haven't done our player profile on Eric Haas yet. We will do that. We have plenty of time with the lockout. We will absolutely do that. But one of the biggest things for me is Barnhart is one of the better defensive catchers in baseball. He's a very good framer, very good defender behind the plate. He is going to do wonders 
He's he's a good like leader for a for a pitching staff. Every single pitcher who ever threw to him and was ever part of a battery com- combination with him uh, in Cincinnati was very vocal about that. Right, like he is he is fantastic, and I think that he is going to be the majority everyday catcher this upcoming year. Now the offense is where it gets interesting. Right, because Barnhart is is a below average offensive catcher, right? And and honestly, we'll get into at the end, we don't really need too much offensive production out of the catcher spot in my eyes to be a halfway decent ball club. So I'm I'm very okay with the trade off of defense over offense from the catcher spot. But Haas is an interesting case because if he can replicate what he did Next season, uh, you're going to have to find ways to get him into the lineup, right? So I, I don't expect Barnhart to go out there and catch 130 games, right? I, I, I think it's it's much more likely that we get like a, like a 100-ish for 60 or maybe even a 90-70 kind of a situation. Uh, I, I don't expect every single day for, for Barnhart to catch, you know, I, maybe like Barnhart gets two of the three games in a series. Maybe that's some. I I, I don't know. I, I that what that it's going to be interesting to see how Hinch handles that. But Haas is is an interesting case just because he has such a low on base percentage, right? Like like pretty consistently a sub three hundred OBP and free swingers like that have their work cut out for them when it comes to sustainability and maintaining a certain level of production offensively. So he he's going to be someone to watch. And I'm not saying he can't do it again. Um, I'm, that is the last thing I'm saying is that it's impossible for him to replicate his 2021. But we even saw like he, he would hit, you know, at the end of the season, even a little bit, like he, he would hit stretches where he would kind of the productivity would go down at the plate. And any free swinger like that has that. Jonathan Scope is is the CEO of that for the Tigers for the last two seasons, right? Goes at, has, has a crazy, you know, month and then goes and reverts back down to, to being a whatever, average hitter. So it's, it's going to be really interesting to see kind of how maybe Haas just like if he's hot, Haas is going to play. And if he's not, then it's Barnhart. I really don't know. But I do expect Barnhart to get a majority of the starts this upcoming season. Then we get into the infield. I think the infield is pretty much set. Uh, well, I, I should say it's pretty much set from like June on. Yeah, I think it's pretty much set. Depending on the CBA and if service manipulation is altered at all. And the current state of service manipulation, Spencer Torkelson will not be on this team on opening day. And he will be called up in like late May, early June. So that we get an extra year out of him. And then the infield for the rest of the season will be Torkelson at first, Scope at second, Javi at short, and Candelario at third. Now, if the CBA changes and service manipulation has changed a little bit, then we could see Torkelson a lot sooner, possibly even opening day. That is the infield to end the season, though. On game 162, barring injury, that is the infield. Before Torkelson comes up, that's where it gets a little interesting. So we, we have our guys set in stone, and Miguel Cabrera will certainly be the DH. But before Torgelson gets called up, Miggy will probably get some reps at first, 
Scope proved that he can play a, a whatever you want to call it, serviceable at times first base, which leaves second base open. Paredes, I don't really expect Isak Paredes to start. People also got to realize Paredes is so young still. Still, right? Like he, he's, he's what, 23, 24? Like when he got called up at like 21 or whatever, um, you know, and then he spent all year this past year pretty much in AAA, we got, we got to realize he's still very young. So I, I don't, I'm not sure Paredes is going to be the opening day on the roster. Zach Short has wild offensive inconsistencies and honestly some defensive inconsistencies. Cody Clemens got added to the 40-man, and that's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Maybe Clemens starts off the season in the majors if he has a decent spring, and then when Torkelson gets called up, he gets the boot. Um I mean, Harold Castro, we could even see get some reps at first base. First base is going to be a carousel until Torkelson's up, whenever that is. And a lot of that depends on the CBA negotiations. But that is the infield. I think I I said everyone's name at some point. That is currently in the infield on the 40-man. So third base, set at Candy. Shortstop, set at Javi. Second, after Torkelson gets called up, Set at scope, but before that, scope is probably going to do some some first base, second base, mixing around. And first base is just going to be a revolving door until they're comfortable calling torque up. Okay, all right. Then we'll end on the outfielders, and then kind of maybe take a look at what the lineup could look like after these messages. All right, everybody, we are back here for our third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. The outfield is wild, right? The outfield is is very very interesting because we have bodies. We have we have quite a few bodies out there. It's just a matter of which ones are the everyday players, and that is still like there is one guy in this entire forty man outfield, forty man outfield, forty man roster of the outfield position that I am a hundred percent confident is an everyday player, and that's Robbie Grossman. Robbie Grossman will get reps every single day. He will be the starting right fielder, right? After that, you have two starting outfield spots left for Akil Badu, Daz Cameron, Derek Hill, Victor Reyes, and Riley Green. So, once Riley Green is up, he should be starting every day. But again, same situation as Torque. If service manipulation is still the way it is, Riley Green is probably not on this opening day roster. If he is, I'm ecstatic. But I'm not going to hold my breath if service manipulation isn't something that's, uh, that's quote-unquote fixed or changed in the CBA. Right? So once he's up, I would say it's Grossman, Badu, Green. But there's also, I mean, like Derek Hill was a decent hitter, decent enough hitter, and a fantastic defender, obviously. Victor Reyes, if Victor Reyes is an everyday starter on this team, something has gone horrifically wrong. Like catastrophically wrong in spring training or at the beginning of the season. That, that there shouldn't really ever be a point where Victor Reyes is anything more than a fourth outfielder, right? But there is an argument to, to get Derek Hill some reps. 
Daz Cameron, I every day that goes by, I, I slowly get less and less faith in him to be like an everyday player for this team going forward. And th- there's just a, still a ton of offensive inconsistencies. Now, he's shown the ability to, to patrol the outfield decently well, and he is electric when he is on, man. There, uh, I would argue that in this entire 40-man, he is one of the most exciting players to watch on this in, in this entire organization when he is hitting well. But he, he's not hitting well nearly consistently enough for me to be able to point to him right now on December 9th, 2021 and say, you're going to get an outfield spot every single day for 162 games. And I don't feel that way about Derek Hill. I certainly don't feel that way about Victor Reyes. And the last person, Akil Badu, great year last year, right? Exceeded everybody's expectations, was honestly one of the better hitters on this team last year. The expectation should be that he's an everyday starter, but he still needs to prove it over a full 162, and he also still has his issues that he's got to work out. He can't hit a left-handed pitcher. His his numbers against lefties are pretty brutal. So maybe you do a platoon situation. Maybe you have Green and Grossman every day, and then Badu and Hill. Get a, get a platoon situation going. Um, I, I mean, Victor Reyes is going to be around. To, to, whether I like it or not, and whether you like it or not, Victor Reyes is going to be around. So maybe maybe he's stuck in there every once in a while. This outfield is going to be incredibly intriguing to me as far as how Hinch mandle, handles it and and in what situations our outfield is going to look like. Because I, I truly think... On get on today's date, there's only one person that I have full faith will be an everyday outfielder for this team next year. And Green, when he gets called up, again, should be as well. But I'm not sure he's going to make the opening day roster. So then you look at the lineups. We, we've talked about the starters, right? And at the top of the lineup, I still love Robbie Grossman. And I know he, I I actually think that the signings we had make it so that Robbie Grossman can be the leadoff again. Because I know he started off the season as the leadoff hitter, and then he kind of proved that he can hit homers. And being that he was kind of a three-outcome like hitter last season, um, it it was, I I agreed with moving him down to kind of the the three spot is where he spent a lot of time in the second half of the season because he was hitting homers and had power numbers and kept the walks up. But now that we've gone out and we've signed Javi, Candy is still going to be there. And then when Torque and Green get there as well, there's enough of a support system behind him to where Robbie Grossman shouldn't need to be the three hitter. For as much as I love Robbie Grossman, I don't think he's the three hitter on like a deep contending playoff team. I do think that he can be a hell of a leadoff hitter for a a deep contending playoff team, though. So you have Robbie at the one. Your second hitter, I'm I'm okay with putting Riley Green there. Now, the nebs and flow of the season, right? If he's struggling when he first gets called up or something, don't put too much pressure on the kid. Move him back. But in a perfect world, I'd have Grossman at one. Green probably at two. Again, 
maybe early on you start him down lower, and if he if he proves he can hit, move him up. But I, I'm a big advocate for your best hitter batting second, and I the Jonathan Scope hitting second thing. I'm I'm pretty tired of it. I love Scopey. I think he he can be a pretty valuable part of this team next season. I I, I don't need to see Scope. Be you know leading the team in in plate appearances again next year. I, I I don't think that is that is where the most value from him comes from. So I, I, it's it's so weird. The the batting order is going to change a lot. <laughs> there really isn't a, you know the, those early 2010 teams for the Tigers had such a okay every single day you know who's going to bat where right. You know Austin Jackson's at leadoff. You know Ian Kinzer's at leadoff. You know Iglesias is batting is batting nine. You know Miggy's at three and Prince is at four, or you know Miggy's at three and V Mart's at four. V Mart's at three and Miggy's at four. Like it was, it was so set in stone, especially during the Leland era, of what the lineup was going to be day in and day out. And this team, because we're still building up and we're not to the peak that we want to be yet, is not that at all. We are going to have a billion different lineups. So much so that I'm not even sure I can really pinpoint a a nine right now. Like, Torque is going to move all over. When he first gets called up, he might bat seventh. Same with Riley Green. But then they get hot and they prove they can hit Major League Pitching. They move up, right? Like, they're going to bounce around a ton. Robbie Grossman, as we said for last year, is probably going to bounce around a ton based on how everybody else performs. The outfield is already a carousel. I don't even know who's going to be getting the most reps in the outfield for most of this season. Jamer Candelario, our best hitter last year. Is he gonna is he gonna bat two or is he gonna continue to have that like three or four middle of the lineup thing? Javi Baez, brand new. You, you gotta stick him in there, obviously. You're paying him to be a middle of the lineup bat. But he strikes out a ton. I don't know if you necessarily want that at two either. It's gonna be wild, man. And then like cat like you don't you don't have an everyday catcher. Like it, it, Barnhart's gonna bat eighth when He's in there, and Haas, if if he can replicate what he did last year, is going to be closer to that like seven, six, maybe even five spot. There's so many factors. It's it's damn near impossible <laughs> to pinpoint uh, a solid one through nine lineup at the moment. But those are the players on the forty man, and those are who I'm expecting to to be on the major league roster. Who I'm not expecting to be on the major league roster. And just as a whole, the team as of December 9, 2021. So thank you guys for listening. Thanks for making me your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling, free and available on all platforms. Thank you all for rocking with me. Thanks for listening again. No clue what tomorrow's episode brings, but we'll be here, baby. We'll be here to, uh, to end the week on a high note. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope, and I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Happy Friday tomorrow, by the way. Go Tigers, baby.